you don't like the food in the calf, then just don't eat it. That's not it. I want people to know what they're eating. That, like, the apples they sell in the calf might have fish DNA in them. The apples got fish stuff in them? Man, that's messed up. That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't usually care about this kind of stuff, but... I don't know. It seems like you got something important to say. I think I do. Well then, don't back down. Don't let Raditz shut you up. Welcome to All About Degrassi, the podcast that gives you grade A, USDA certified, FDA approved, organic farm to table content for your listening pleasure. This is a joke about foodstuffs because of some of the things that happen in this episode. That's right, we're talking about foodstuffs. Foodstuffs! <laughs> Yay! Oh, how uh, are you, Evan? I haven't I, seen you in a week. I'm good. I'm Evan Goodrich. Oh, I'm Nick Sahoya, and we are <laughs> friends, and we're proving it right now. We are friends in a room. Yes. Making a podcast. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Evan in a week because I was traveling, and it's very nice to come home. And watch some Degrassi and do familiar things. And the, look, uh, the dog is laying by the podcasting studio as he always does. This is very <laughs> nice. It's great to be back. It's great to have you back. I mean, Degrassi really is just like a, it's like a big bowl of chicken noodle soup, isn't mm, it? Mm-hmm. Chicken soup for the drama lover's soul. Yes. And these were two really good episodes. Spoiler alert. I, I, I had a lot of fun watching I this. had a lot to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I thought, I thought they were very entertaining. Like, well, hmm. Entertaining is always a fraught word sometimes at the show. I was entertained. I was I was I was entertained. Are you not entertained? I am entertained. <laughs> so uh, let, let's let, we got to stop. We, we, we got to talk in? about the episodes. We got to get should, in there. All right. So, um we're beginning with the whole reason for this um food stuffs discussion. Uh season 2, episode 19, Fight for Your Right, which is named after the song by the Beastie Boys. You got- that song come out that seems 80s. like a 90s song oh it's 80s it's late wow 80s. um i actually so i actually use this song as the title of a column that i wrote for my high school newspaper whoa you were a little emma yes i was i was, was a little the emma. column um so it was about uh we had a senior breakfast that was and i was a senior at the time and the senior breakfast was sponsored by chick-fil-a oh and i made a Call I, well. I was on the newspaper staff, and so I wrote a column saying like I will not be going to the senior breakfast <gasps> because it is sponsored by Chick Fil A. Because Evan, good for you. Yeah. Well, it was because it was like during the controversy, like that was when it was like making the headlines of like oh Chick Fil A is homophobic, which they they are still. They are uh, still. <laughs> Newsflash. Yes. Um, and you know, pick your battles, do your thing, but honestly, you can't get a better fucking chicken sandwich. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No ethical consumption under capitalism doesn't mean you're entitled to eat the homophobic chicken sandwich um i'm so sorry but um yeah i literally (laughs) fried chicken and bread you can get it anywhere go to popeyes um beyonce loves popeyes um no i wrote this column and it uh went and won like it won first place in the state 
for the competition, and then I went second nationally. I'm very proud of you, Evan. Thank you. I got to rest on my high school laurels still. Yeah. <laughs> Not much going on since then. No, I think that's very cool, and I'm being very. That is, uh, that's a wonderful piece of your backstory. You're a little activist. We're we love having little lore drops yeah. on this podcast. Um, but no, that is to say that I actually did the Degrassi thing of like I named a lot of my columns after songs. Oh, fun. <laughs> because I was like, oh, well, if I'm gonna have an idiosyncratic naming thing, maybe I'll just crib it from Degrassi. So that's what I wow. did. Yeah. So were... wait, were you already active on the Degrassi wikis at this point? Oh yeah. Well, no, I was. I was already on the Degrassi wiki from like my sophomore year. So I'd have been on okay. for like a couple of years at that. So you're point. well established. I was so. deep. I was in too deep. Okay. So um. So do you want to talk uh, about how you plagiarized this article that you were celebrated for from Degrassi? <laughs> <laughs> want to talk about oh my god just the title which is a beastie boys title i know but it's a pretty impactful title well i do think this song okay so like the title like on its own makes sense for this episode but it's like the song's not really about like no it's a political message no the song is a joke song that people took seriously like it's the cheesiest like teenage boy yeah teenage rebellion and uh, they were the beastie boys were famously surprised when it caught on as like a serious like party anthem. yeah when it's like like, lampooning that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uh but i don't know i i like it as a title for this episode do you like the beastie boys uh my dad liked beastie boys is it the beastie boys or the beastie boys i always forget I think it's the I'm calling them Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. The yeah. Beastie Boys. The, the Beastie I don't know. I'm calling You know what? I feel like I put the the in there because it makes more sense. I think just if if the the isn't really aggressively getting in the way of the band name, who cares if it's a the or a not the? Now my dad Except for Pixies. <laughs> you have to respect that. They're not the Pixies. They're Pixies. They're Pixies. Mm, that's important. That's important. <laughs> but this one, we'll let fly. I mean, just aesthetically, the P is where the, the whole big, the Pixies. skinny white lettering, you know, Pixies, mm. you know, it just has to be Pixies. There's no the. Mm. I love a the, though. But wait, wasn't that album called Death to the Pixies? Oh, you're, you're, this is beyond the scope of my knowledge. Okay, wait, actually... Maybe maybe I drew a line in the sand in the wrong place. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about this episode. <laughs> You're getting me off base. We're doing. Uh, I got so used to like avoiding talking about the episodes because they have been bad lately. But this these episodes were good. Let's these talk are great. About them. Yeah. Let's dive in. Um. Okay. So we open the episode with Emma and her stepfather slash teacher Snake. I am reminding people because apparently there is some confusion about who Snake is, and I can't help it because this man has like three different monikers. Who who is there's confusion because of me? No, because of us saying Snake, referring to him as Snake, or Mr. Simpson. Have people in the comments expressed that they don't know who Snake is? Um, yes, and that is to say that my boyfriend has expressed this confusion. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so I, Daniel Snake is the the man. Yeah, Daniel the man. Snake is Emma's stepfather <laughs> slash the media immersions teacher at the high school, so. Okay, well I'm glad we cleared that up for Daniel. You're welcome, Daniel. So Emma and Snake are having a mock debate as she practices a as she practices her proposal to Mr. Radich on getting rid of GMOs in the school cafeteria and replacing them with organic food. Hmm. So let's start. I I want to talk about the episode, but I think we got to get the GMO. No, we got to hold that. Way. We got to hold that conversation off until we're holding it. Yeah, I feel like it's the first it. conversation. No, we got to hold off. We, no, because they're going to get into it. Okay. They're going to get into it. Uh, we also learn that Spike is out of town for the next few days because she's at a quote unquote hairstylist convention stylist convention convention, which is basically just tv speak for we had a scheduling conflict with this actor (laughs) and it didn't work out so (laughs) she's not filming for this day um 
That's maybe, what that means. Or maybe she, maybe they couldn't afford her. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't she has a really her. high rate. Uh, what is that? I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry. To the There's doctors. no reason to know. Uh, she, it's in the opening credit. Well, not, no, she's not. She's not she's in the not. opening credits yet. She will be next she's season. A, she is later, right? She because they're season. all sitting around the table. Mm-hmm. I can picture it in my brain now. But um, she's gone. They're having the mock debate. <laughs> And Emma and Snake's like, you know, go get him, Tiger. Yeah. And so the next day at school, Emma, Ashley, and Nadia. Nadia! She's Na- back! Nadia. She's, so Nadia, for those of you who have forgotten, which I do can blame you. Uh, who, why, who could forget Nadia? Well. Legend. I mean, she lives in our heads rent-free, but I don't know if we can say the same for our listeners. Um, so Nadia is the disabled girl who loves wolves. She loves wolves. And who wouldn't after that wonderful speech she mm. gave at the science yeah, fair? Yeah, <laughs> it was really convincing. She won first prize for her grade. I fully, she's one of the, I think why I appreciate her this watch through is literally she's never even entered my radar as a character who's in more than one episode because she's introduced so unceremoniously and then just has like three lines in a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. And now that I... I'm really paying attention, doing a podcast about it. I love Nadia. <laughs> she's she's the dark horse of this show. Yeah. Uh, so Emma, Ashley, and Nadia, they lay out their case uh, to Mr. Radich against GMOs and the calf. And their case is basically, aren't GMOs weird? They splice scorpion DNA with tomatoes. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's a kind of a simplistic way of putting it. Yeah, uh, okay, we can talk about GMOs now. <laughs> um, I want to say the bad thing about GMOs first. Okay. Fuck Monsanto. Mm. Don't fucking copyright a seed and then, like, starve a nation because of it. Fuck Monsanto. Yes, we, we, are, we disagree with patents. Yes, patents are bad for f- food. Yes. The, so, that whole GMO, like, organic food thing, that was, like, hippie bullshit, right? That was just yeah. all nonsense. Well, so, okay. So it's just like fundamentally reactionary because there are no studies. And to Mr. Ratch's credit, he even says in the episode that GMOs haven't been proven to be harmful, which is pretty based of him, I would say. I'm glad we got that perspective. <laughs> based Mr. Radich. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like there is no evidence that is conclusive and says that GMOs are harmful. Like there's no evidence. There have been studies. There's no evidence. Now, obviously you can't prove a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you know, we can't say they're not harmful because we don't have evidence, but you can't say they are harmful because there's no evidence showing that they are harmful. But isn't you know it, what I mean? isn't it like... Isn't like a seedless watermelon a GMO? And we've been eating those for like yes a long time. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it seems like no one. I I don't think there was a big uptick in cancer when no the, the seedless watermelon was introduced. No, so it, exactly. it seems like we do have some evidence. Well, we have, like, well, exa- well, look. Right, I want right. to say look. I I want to say obviously we have the twenty twenty hindsight thing going on here, so we're being a little dismissive. I will say I was like on Emma's side, you know, when this debate was happening. I've for a long time was trying to eat only oh, like, really? organic foods. Mm. Part of that was because of my uh, ex who, uh, he, let's just say he's very susceptible to believe uh, dumb things. Because um, <laughs> oh, no. he, yeah, he did <laughs> join the cult, you know, after we were together. But uh, which, which cult? Jehovah's Witness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. So, 
Yeah, I think he was probably a bad person to uh, take advice from on that. But when we were together, we would basically only buy the organic foods. Mm. And I I think that that was just a label. It was like a branding thing. Like, it it didn't mean a lot just like to have that stamp on your box of food. Like, it didn't usually mean that much at the end of the day. Right. I think the organic stuff is more, I guess it's more important when it comes to like, uh, what's it called? Um, Like, produce, because of like pesticides and stuff but i guess organic and non-gmo are also like two different things right yeah, uh, mm, uh i'm actually not sure about the nomenclature there yeah um but like i as the case is laid on the episode so emma's position is she says because she brings up the tomatoes spliced with scorpions mm-hmm. um and it was just, really gross when radish just bit into that tomato that was disgusting <laughs> i mean i would never eat a raw tomato that was you, will really not, you will not find me doing that um <laughs> But, like, she's like... Well, also, now there's just a hole in the tomato, and all the juice is going to leak out. Because I, it, a tomato is basically like a water balloon. It's just full of wet, wet juice. Yeah, tomatoes are kind of gross. I don't um, really like them. <laughs> but, like, in this case, she's like, we don't know what eating scorpion DNA will do to us. And it's like, people eat scorpions, Emma. I think you could eat it and not... We actually yeah. know what eating scorpion DNA will do to us, because people eat scorpions and are fine. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a thing that happens in the world um so i think it's safe to say that yes we do know the effects of eating scorpion dna which is to say nothing um and then ashley is like well you know gmos haven't been proven to be harmless and it's like no ashley that's not how the burden of proof works like the burden of proof is on you to come up with evidence that shows that they are harmful not for people to prove that they're harmless well i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit here but i do think it ultimately comes down to ellie's argument of like it's kind of we do this or there's not enough food to feed the world. <laughs> and that is sort of the unfortunate reality we're living in. Yeah, it helps the agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. So it. I don't know. I, I guess part of it is like the I was thinking there's like a lot of themes of class in this episode. Mm. And I do think that Emma, even though like I support her right to protest and all that. And I think that's sort of the message of the episode. I I love all that. But. I think on this one issue, she is, like, kind of speaking from a, p- a place of privilege. It's a little uh, goopy, if you will. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, crunchy, yeah. Really no, uh, goopy as uh, in, like, uh, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, goopy, crunchy. These are these are circles that are overlapping. <laughs> okay. um, and, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's just a very, like, reactionary position. It's basically just, like, ew, apples have fish DNA. Isn't that, like, gross and weird? And it's just, like... No, actually, that's not gross and weird. That's actually pretty cool. Like, science, that, that's cool that we can do that. You, you know what? Once they do that thing where they grow meat in a lab instead of having to kill a nice little animal, I'm going to eat that meat. I'm going to eat that meat, absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell I'm yeah. do it. Hell yeah. I'll eat science all day. <laughs> <laughs> I love eating science. The fruits of science's labor. Okay, now that we've covered all that, uh, we should talk well, about the episode because we're in scene <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, so basically in the end, um, our boy, based Radich, uh, he no-sells them and is like, using only organic food in the calf is too expensive, so we're not going to do that. So, sorry. Hmm. And that's that. 
That is that. That's that. Um, meanwhile, End of episode. <laughs> the curtain closed. Uh, meanwhile, Jimmy shows up to school drippy AF. Oh, he's got so many big baggy clothes and he's got a cool iPod. Yeah, I guess this ensemble. So he's wearing like a hoodie and like big baggy pants and uh, some sneakers. Well, was it like a, did it match? I thought it was like a tracksuit almost. Did I make that up? It was a matching. Yeah, yeah, it was matching. And I guess this, this was very stylish at the time. Because <laughs> um, all the boys are just in awe of this fit. Whoa, Triple Five Soul. <laughs> I will say I do have one item from Triple Five Soul. I got it at a vintage. This is real? You don't know Triple Five Soul no. is real? Yeah. It's a good brand. I have a, a puffy jacket that I wear whenever I go to winter places. And when I was in Portland, I wore it. So I was wearing Slay. Triple Five Soul all week, baby. Slay. Um, so Jimmy explains that daddy, that is, daddy. His, that is his actual father, not his daddy. Um, uh, that daddy took him shopping and Spinner is clearly envious of Jimmy and starts looking at hoodies. The, what was the brand again? Triple five soul. Triple five soul hoodies. He, <laughs> that he cannot afford online. Do you think we could get a triple five soul sponsorship for all about Degrassi? Like we could do a sponsored post on the Instagram. That would be iconic. That'd be really cool. That would be fierce. Triple Five Soul, we know you're listening. I don't know if you're still a company, but if you are, reach out to us. Um, I hope you have better clothes than what I've seen in this episode. Look, uh, it's <laughs> it was the style of the time. <laughs> I hope they have upgraded with the styles of the time. Um, he then sees Jimmy, this is a spinner, he sees Jimmy listening to music on an MP3 player. He's probably listening to some Kid Elric on there, having a good time. I just like how they keep insisting on MP3 player when I'm like, that's an iPod classic. Just, it just, fully is just, an iPod. It is an iPod classic. Call it an, call, call a spade a spade. Well, they wouldn't call it an iPod classic because they're in the past. They would just call it an iPod now. I guess they would just call it an iPod now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, were they called iPod classics contemporaneously? No, I don't think so. I don't so. know. Um, and Spinner is dazzled by this MP3 player, uh, while Jimmy is, uh, much more unimpressed by it, because he's like, oh, you know, whatever, daddy's just trying to impress me. Yeah, but I also, I think he probably had a private moment where he was excited about the iPod already, and this is a little bit, like, egocentric of Spinner to be like, why aren't you excited about it now when oh, I'm learning I, about it? <laughs> oh, I fully disagree. I think Jimmy is a total oh no jimmy's a dick jimmy's a dick don't get me wrong i'm i'm actually weirdly on spinner's side for a lot of this but i do think that moment was very like narcissistic oh no i see i think because like here's the thing it's like i get understand that like jimmy is probably what we're supposed to infer from this is that like jimmy's parents are kind of used to like buying his affection yes i agree like shiny toys Yes. Like an i like an MP3 player, <laughs> um, but um, still he's like when Spinner's like in awe of this iPod. He's like, oh my gosh, you have an iPod. I've been you know having to listen to cassette tapes, and Jimmy's like, sucks to be you. Yeah, that no, he's classes throughout, uh, especially in the next scene. But what I will say is, Spinner, why the fuck are you listening to cassettes? Just listen to the radio at that point. When I but was, you want to listen to what you want to listen to. I, but when I was that age, I had just a cassette player, and all I would do was listen to the radio on it. But what if you want to listen to Sixpence None the Richer, and you... Well, if the problem is and income... And it's not playing on the, the radio. If the problem is income, why are you buying, like, antiquated cassettes? It's like you'd... Because they're cheap. You're either listening to old music... You're listening to old music either way. That's my point. Just listen to the radio for free. But then you want to listen to the same song on repeat. I'm a repeat girly, and I like to listen to the Tape same song. Tape it off song. the radio, girl. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe he was taping. That's what he's playing. Okay. Is his cassettes ripped from the radio. Okay. 
So <laughs> the next day, Jimmy shows up wearing some more new shoes and all the boys wish they had a daddy like Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the boy I love that like Marco the gay one is like oh I wish I could have I your wish dad. I had a dad I wish I could have your daddy <laughs> uh, and then the boys make fun of Spinner's hoodie because he's worn it since grade 7 and Spinner rightfully if you ask me Spinner calls Jimmy out and says he doesn't have rich parents who will spoil him no I was on Spinner's side and honestly Shane Kippel you know good acting in this episode good job yeah he's, he plays like wounded pride very well yes. I think and Jimmy's like my parents already spoil you by letting you crash at our place. And then he calls him a freeloader, which I feel like is a weird accusation to lob at, like, a 15-year-old. Like, I don't know, like, what's he supposed to do? Get a job? Like, he has a job. He, he gets a job. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I, so, I can't believe I'm defending Jimmy. No, uh, fuck Jimmy! <laughs> no, I'm not... The, I think all of the stuff leading up to the freeloader comment is really classist and shitty. But it has already been established that Spinner is a rude house guest because he pees on the seat. You remember? They shouted it at the bus. You remember? Oh, uh, yeah. So I think he's just saying you always come over and, like, eat our food and, like, aren't a good house guest But anyway. I feel like that's on his parents to, like, if like if his parents don't care, then why do you care, Jimmy? I mean, that's true. I, I, I agree it was a cheap shot. It was a cheap shot. Yeah. Again, like, obviously... Like, but also, I wouldn't want that little shitty kid in my no, house. No, Spinner's, like, a very oafish, <laughs> yeah. you know, person. That's been established. But Jimmy's just a dick in this Jimmy's episode. a dick. Jimmy has very few redeeming Jimmy is not this. class conscious. No, he's not. And he still isn't, probably. Drake. I don't oh, think Drake? Yeah. yeah. Drake's not very class. Yeah, he doesn't care what class you're in. He'll send you a DM. Uh, <laughs> you could be in fifth grade class. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh brent's gonna take that personally um no brent's uh, <laughs> i think brent is verbally anyway let's move on <laughs> um but then spinner sees that jimmy left his mp3 player and spinner dollar sign spinning is in his, in his eyes decides to swipe it and he's so stupid and i'm jumping ahead just to i guess i can't talk about it yeah we're gonna get there oh, oh my god i want to talk about how bad this plan is well you know it's spinner <laughs> yeah. um so, meanwhile, back in our main plot, Emma is protesting the calf uh, with flyers outside the school, and Ellie is equally unimpressed with Emma's point, because Ellie is also based. I think Ellie is a, a source of um, rationality in this sea of madness. I agree. I love a beacon Ellie. in the dark. Yeah. Uh, but then Radich comes out and tells Emma. She's also, I'm sorry to interrupt. She's also a really good reporter because she's not getting riled up about any of it. She's just there to get the information and report the facts. Yeah. And it's later, I guess. But I just love Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. I love Ellie. We love you, Ellie. Uh, but then Radich comes out and tells Emma that she can't spread propaganda on school property. And Emma is ready to call quits after this. Can you, can you, can you distribute propaganda if you're not in a position of power? Isn't that what propaganda inherently means? Uh, or yeah, I mean, I think propaganda has to be um, uh, circulated by the state. That's how I feel. To be, I mean, I suppose you could just mean propaganda in the more colloquial sense. I guess that's what he means, but to me it's like, if you're the rebellious force, then you can't spread propaganda. You can spread information. You can spread misinformation, but I don't think... I don't know. I, I think that's he, what propaganda know. means. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, QAnon spreads propaganda. Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I, I think ha- historically, I an, yeah, traditionally, yeah. I have an English degree. I don't have a poli science degree, <laughs> so I, I can't answer those. Um, I mean, I th- I think uh, the issue is just like you know, let I'm gonna spread her dumb throw her dumb flies around. Well, the other thing I have to say about this whole episode, and I'm sorry, I'm just I'm a little high and I'm having trouble thinking in a linear sense. Time is a flat circle, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a little fascist, isn't she? <laughs> Uh, she kind of is. She, she just takes weird stands about random things that don't seem to pertain to any one central ideology, and she just gets mad when everyone doesn't do what she wants. Uh, she just reads things on forums. Yeah. I think she, so. She, yeah, her political... Her, Adult Emma is fully into QAnon. Yeah, her political <laughs> compass is dictated by what the last like forum she read on Reddit. I, I think so. <laughs> um, but then in class, a PSA comes on with an extreme close-up of Lunch Lady Sheila. Sheila is a fucking star. I love her in this episode. Um, well, she gets her uh, screen time, definitely, and she defends the good name of the cafeteria food. Uh, this is obviously very absurd, like, why would a, why would a school run a commercial for its own for cafeteria? For its own cafeteria? Yeah, As she's if like... the students have, like, a choice. Well, she's, like, literally, like, advertising. She's like, for only three ninety nine, which is, like, the CeCe's Pizza jingle, um, for those of you who remember. Um, <laughs> and, um, and JT is, like, proudly co-signing it, like, like a sponsorship, like a celebrity sponsorship. Wow, JT joining up with, uh, the, the state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The state-run think... media, the, the school-run media, Yeah, yeah. So, Emma's war with the calf is back on. Boycott the calf. Boycott the calf again. Boycott the calf again. And I so- like Sheila. I think she's so great in this episode. And I like her in that little weird David Lynch commercial. I know we say a lot of <laughs> I know we say a lot of scenes are like a David Lynch movie, but that one was kind of lynchy. Honestly, um, so there's a TikTok account. Uh, we're going off base right now, but um, so there's a TikTok account that's like uh, mixes Seinfeld clips with like uh, the the score of Twin Peaks. <gasps> And I honestly feel like you could do the same thing with Degrassi. I think there's like, I think I can think of like two or three scenes right now that would be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> this, this is the latest endeavor. Add this to the long list of things I say that I'm going to do for web content and will probably not do. But if I get around to one, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. So Emma barges into the cafeteria and she tries to apprehend Toby's fries from him. But then she accidentally spills them on Jimmy's new See, drip. See, this is the fascist thing I'm talking about. Let this motherfucker eat his fries. He has made a separate decision from you. Yeah, he bought those. He has agency. He's a citizen as well. Why are you telling him what to do with his money? Yeah. Go I fuck yourself, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, she is in the wrong in this moment. Um, But then, so she accidentally spills the fries on Jimmy's new drip. And he tries to retaliate, but then... What a horrible day for a food fight for Jimmy. Well, he hits Paige, and before you know it, like, yeah, we're in the midst of a food fight. And, um, I hate food fights. I love food fights. Ew, why? Well, what, like, what? Like, I'm in them? Like, I've never been in one. I've never been in one, but it's like, I don't know, it's just like my least favorite trope, because like, it just like, like, watching them gives me the ick. The thing is, I don't think a food fight on this scale happens as often as it is portrayed in media especially at this time i feel like mid 90s to like mid 2000s there was a food fight in every tv show and every movie yeah about school yeah it was just like a Mm go-to and this one was i don't know it it wasn't look i'm not gonna say this food fight was particularly well shot (laughs) (laughs) i felt like we could have gotten more coverage we could have gotten Uh some different angles we could have like maybe like seen a meatball get thrown and then we follow the meatball as it flies into someone's face there there was some missed opportunities 
Yeah, this wasn't a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings battle yeah. sequence. I, I think if you're gonna do a food fight this late in the game, I, I want there to be so much food. And I didn't think there oh. was that much food, and I didn't think it was. Oh, shot that well. I mean, I'm glad there was. Oh, there was not more food. It yeah. grosses me out. Have you ever been in a food fight? I don't think so. Except maybe that whipped cream thing that I've talked about the last three episodes <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that keeps coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I feel like I have a memory of like an aborted food fight at my school. Where, like, I think, like, one table, like, tried it, and, like, it immediately just got quashed. And... By, the, like, a teacher? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it just, like, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, honestly, thankful for that. Um, so, Radish brings Emma into his office, and then he suspends her because he believes she started the food fight. But Emma sees this as nothing more than a politically motivated witch hunt. Oh, my God, babe. <laughs> babe. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> It's true. Keep going. Just keep uh, going. I don't, I don't have anything to say. Okay, so back in the subplot. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Jimmy realizes that he's lost his MP3 player. And Spinner is like, what's the big deal? Daddy will buy you a new one. And Jimmy's, Papa. Yeah, Papa. That was pretty funny, actually. It was. Spinner's pretty good in this episode. He's good. Um, Shane Kibble, he's a good actor. Um, well, let's not go crazy. Oh my god. Uh, Jimmy's like, you're just jealous. And Spinner's like, nah, I'm gonna buy myself a hoodie from that, what's the brand again? Triple Five Soul. Triple Five Soul You gotta soul remember hoodie. they're our sponsor. Triple Five Soul hoodie. Um, and Jimmy's like, with what money? And Spinner's like, none of your business. It's a really I got it from, I got it from, uh, sh- shut up. I, it doesn't matter. Bye. Yeah. Really smooth, Spinner. Yeah, my girlfriend who lives, well, not Canada, because they're in Canada. Just like, um, why are you in that? Na- <sighs> he's just very dumb. Obviously, the answer is because he's a child. <laughs> So despite her suspension, Emma shows up to media immersions and Snake is like, what are you doing here? You're suspended. But Emma refuses to go home and assumes that Snake will have her back because he's her stepfather. Uh, but he tells her to go home and she is pissed. So she holds up a protest sign in front of the school and tells Ellie on the record that it's not about GMOs anymore. Oh no. It's about freedom of speech. Oh the issue sweeping the nation. Oh my god, this is such a Karen move. Like, you're su- you're suppressing my speech. <laughs> Unfortunately, I like I have to agree with her. No, it's awful. I have to agree with Emma. No, here's the thing. On principle, I, one of the things I like about this episode is there are so many shades of gray in both of our storylines, mm. and I find Emma to be sort of needlessly confrontational. But I also find that the reaction to it is very like proto fascist and gross. Yeah. But she's also being a little bit of a fascist, so I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm disoriented. I, think, I mean, you know, it's ultimately, it's like, you know, I what she has to say sucks, but she should have the right to say her Her final her speech that we'll, we'll see at the end kind of sums it up in a way that made me appreciate her and the episode. So, like, I'm if I call her a fascist, please just know I also think Radich is a fascist. Everyone's a fascist in this episode. Radich is definitely a fascist. I don't know. I think in this, in this, in this particular instance, Emma... Is maybe Antifa? <laughs> I, is Emma well, Antifa? So here's the thing. She's across the street, right? So she's no longer on school yeah. property. So right. yeah, it, it truly is not Radich's business at that point. Mm-hmm. And to escalate the um, suspension to like an ultimatum with this, like, you have to apologize or it's going to be a week. I do think that's like a gross, like, uh, slimy move to like do to a child. Yeah. To apo- like leverage a fake apology out of her. Yeah. Apologize for her behavior to the entire school in the morning announcements or face a one week suspension. 
Um, and it's just like, and again, like the food fight, yeah, that's like its own separate issue. But like, you know, he's like, this isn't about the food fight anymore. Obviously, this is about something. More. This is about freedom of speech, as Emma so eloquently puts it. Um, so meanwhile, Spinner tries to hawk Jimmy's MP3 player to, to Sully. Sully, um, a great character with uh, many attributes, uh, such as having superfly shades. Oh, those shades are so cool. And being dreamy, the dreamiest do, boy in the school. Do girls think he's dreamy? Did that uh, come up? That will come up next season. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's not relevant right now, but he will become sort of relevant next season i sort of remember i don't remember him being thought of as dreamy so i'm interested to see that on oh yeah um but uh so while uh waiting for sully after school jimmy approaches spinner to apologize for making fun of his shirt but then sully shows up ready to make a deal for an mp3 player and spinner is busted yeah this plan this was a horrible (laughs) plan how about how about if you're gonna do a crime go off of school grounds right that's one idea i'm just waiting the foyer and it was i think we would call this a tragic irony that uh jimmy only saw the crime because he showed up to apologize Mm, yeah is that what irony means that is irony okay cool that english degree's paying off (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean again like Again, this is sort of like the case with like Jimmy or Spinner. I was on Spinner's side until like then he, you know, steals yeah. an MP3 player. Then it's like, well, yeah, you've lost the higher ground at that point. Also, the other thing that's funny about this plan is I Spinner is so dumb. I guarantee you, if you open the settings of that iPod, because Sully does say, "Hey, I won't buy this if it's stolen." Right? He's gonna find like it's Jimmy's, just gonna say iPod. Jimmy's iPod. Jimmy's it's iPod. Jimmy's iPod. Um, with all of Jimmy's playlist. Jimmy's playlist. <laughs> Jimmy's playlist. Jimmy's I hate spinner playlist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, no, that seems legit. Um, so at home, Emma tells Snake about her situation and she doesn't want to compromise her convictions because she doesn't want her baby brother to eat this quote unquote weird Frankenstein food. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I think her baby brother. Yeah, who's on the way? Baby on the way. Since when? Oh my god, we had a whole episode about this. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I told you I didn't like that wedding episode. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, suffice to say, we disagree with Emma's stance on GMOs. Um, yes. But uh, Snake Feed tells- the world. Yeah. But also fuck Monsanto. You know what? We have a lot of nuanced political beliefs, don't we, Evan? Sure. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh and snake even snake is kind of like uh i don't know about your arguments emma but i will defend your right to say it um and then he <laughs> like he's like going off to war <laughs> <laughs> well he's like uh, he wants to support her as her family but as her teacher he says he's stuck because obviously you know his employment is uh <laughs> gotta have a job yeah exactly and so he says she has to make this decision on her own um and so the next day back in our subplot Jimmy shows up to the cafeteria to find Spinner working there again. Because Spinner has a job now, once again, at the cafeteria. And Spinner gives... Is that how he's going to pay for the hoodie? Is that what we're supposed to do? I guess so. I don't know. I just feel like Spinner's too young to have a job. I mean, under, you know, U.S. labor regulations he is. So he, he clocks out of school and he just goes and clocks in at the caf? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, you know, they serve breakfast at school cafeterias, so I guess you could do that, but it's like, I don't know what else you're doing the rest of the day. Okay. You're you're at school. I don't don't know. Um, so Spinner apologizes to Jimmy, 
Um, but Jimmy isn't ready to forgive him. And um, that's how the subplot ends. It's just like this moment of uh, our bromance calling it quits. Yeah. For now. Yes. They'll be back. Yes. I I don't know. I, I kind of liked the way it wrapped up. And I like that I am on Spinner's side for the whole time. And then I'm like, wait, this is a little too far. Mm-hmm. But it's not... Honestly, if he had gone through with it, it would certainly not be the most unforgivable thing that Spinner has done. So it's like, I kind of like how nuanced it was. Yeah, I mean, I actually had forgotten that, like, this, the, like, that it ends on this note of, like, you know, uh, unresolved tension between the two of them. Yeah. Because we know they become friends again later on. Spoiler alert. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I like the subplot. It was good. Mm-hmm. Best Spinner episode by far. So, we're wrapping things up with Emma, who shows up to the morning announcements, and she seems ready to apologize. But then, she reneges and says that she has a right to express her opinion. Which she does. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a good moment for her, because this is the kind of, like, sort of uh, grand action that works, you know? I I think this was a good way to take a stand, and also just, like... I don't know. Except the consequences. I guess the kind of annoying thing is she was like, well, I'm going to get suspended for this, but, well, I guess she wasn't, I'm, I'm, you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, again, yeah, you're like, exactly. She has a right to express her opinion and, you know, she said, she even says like, Degrassi students have a right to be informed. I mean, I would say maybe misinformed, but sure. (laughs) Degrassi students have a right to be misinformed. Um... So Emma keeps her suspension, but she also keeps something else. Her morals. Her dignity. Her dignity. Her pride. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Um, I would love to stay home for a week. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, suspension always struck me as, like, an odd punishment in school. Because I was like, I don't know, I feel like the kind of kids that got suspended, I'm like, they kind of feel like they, like, are fine with that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I never got suspended, so I don't actually know what the, the lived reality of being suspended is like. I don't think I ever got suspended either. I had EMD, which was our early morning detention. That's all I had. Mm. It was for tardiness. Can you uh, believe? E- e- electronic music dance. <laughs> so what do we think of this episode? Did it go there? <laughs> uh, No. Right? No. I don't think so. No, but that's okay. I think it was a good episode. Yeah. It, 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 you yeah. know what? It went there. Class mm. issues. Mm. <laughs> I thought it underbaked. <laughs> class no, issues. they were they were subtle. Mm. They were just below the surface. I mean, it was Subtextual. like it was like yeah, it's, it's 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 bad to be mean to poor people, but it's even worse to steal from the rich. Yeah. Um. Okay. Which... Wait. It did not go there. I retract. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. I I'm, con- I'm glad I've convinced you. Let's uh, take a little break because we got a whole other episode to talk about. Tune in. See, yeah. See you soon. And we're back! <laughs> Evan, what's this episode called? Season 2, episode 20, How Soon Is Now? Named after the song by The Smiths. You know the song? I don't think so. I am Yeah, it took me a minute to get it. Why? Because my singing <laughs> yeah, was... Yeah, your cat My flawless singing <laughs> was not telling you what the song was. <laughs> no, I... This is not my favorite Smith song, but I do love the Smiths. Do you like the Smiths? 
I do like the Smiths, which is complicated for me because he is very because they don't like Morrissey. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Morrissey is very racist, particularly towards Mexican people. So that's uh, complicated. Yeah, the Smiths. Yeah, it's a complicated relationship, but um, they're good. They're good. I'm not sure how this song relates to the subject matter of this episode, but it's a good song. How soon is now? Hmm, I would say now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. Um, so this is a page episode, the much anticipated page follow-up episode. Well, I was, I had a lot of mixed feelings in this first scene because obviously we see Paige in a guidance counselor's office. I know it's going to be a heavy episode because we're revisiting this horrible thing that happened to her a Mm -hmm. few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm also ecstatic to see our buddy Miss Sauve in the flesh. The one, the only. And she looks great. She's got like a smoky eye and like a crimson, <laughs> a crimson lipstick that kind of like matches her blazer. I was like, ooh, Miss Sauve. Yeah, the More like think... Miss Survey. The... <laughs> How long you been sitting on that? <laughs> it, I swear to God, it just came to me. I'm a genius joke writer. The gift of gab. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, like, with the lighting, it's kind of giving, like, noir, uh, femme Ooh, fatale. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to write, like, a seedy, erotic thriller about Miss Sope. You should do it. I'm going to. Put it on Archive of Her Own. Do it. I'm going to. Be the change you want to see <laughs> in the world. So, yeah, Paige is in the middle of a counseling session with Miss Sove, and Paige has made a lot of progress in her therapy, and she no longer blames herself for her rape. But despite Miss Sove's insistence that she continue therapy, Paige believes that She's over it, and she's ready to move on with her life. Yes. Washed her hands of it. Done. Yeah, and I think this is a good episode in a lot of ways, because I think this is a very realistic thing with trauma, where you think you're kind of done with it, but it's like, you're not. You've just kind of reached a milestone, and you can kind of feel good about it for a while, but it's like, there's always more work to be done. Mm -hmm. And in the case of this, you know, sometimes it's right around the corner because of a triggering event. Yeah, uh... I think the message is ultimately, you know, uh, progress isn't linear and recovery is certainly not linear. Yes. Um, And so, but for the moment, uh, this attitude has given Paige a new lease on life. And she's like even tolerating JT's antics um, to his shock and delight. I love JT Mm -hmm. and Paige's little friendship. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it makes more sense than I ever thought about before because it's like oh yeah they're both on the spirit squad so they hang out after school all the time he is the mascot she yeah. Is the chief captain, yeah so it, it would make sense that they're spending a lot of time together they had their cute date which was like an inciting incident for Paige to kind of let her guard down so i kind of i kind of love it this is one of my favorite i love this pairing this is my favorite like platonic pairing maybe mm-hmm. in this entire generation of students well yeah and there's something so like uh you know he's like he's like he's been a thorn in her side for like the whole show up to this point but like in that like sort of like he's still she has an affection for him obviously yeah like she's charmed by this you know silly little child and i think that's sweet it's there's very sweetness cute. to it yeah. um so meanwhile... Oh, I will say, though, in some of their banter, we get a uh, casual slur for a little person, <laughs> yeah. which was very common at this time. Yeah, well, you know, not not all of this is going to age well. Yeah. Um, but uh, so in our subplot... Same problem with the Animorphs books. Go read my... Go watch my Animorphs yeah, pluck, on YouTube. Yeah, pluck that. <laughs> um... Do they say that a lot? <laughs> um, the main character, uh, Jake, his older brother's nickname for him is that slur. Oh. So it's like 
once every three books, they just drop it in really casually. Mm. But it has been taken out of the reprints, which I think was smart. That's good. Yes. That's good. Um, so meanwhile, in our subplot, Ellie and Marco are working on a project for a gender-neutral fragrance mock-up. This was... So, what a weird assignment to get. <laughs> I think that's fun. I think that's, like, makes sense. I like, guess I guess I don't know what media immersion is. I guess they well, are... They are always looking at well, advertisements, right? that's the thing right? about this class, is that it is always whatever it needs to be for the purposes of the episode. Like, sometimes they're discussing film, sometimes they're discussing advertising, sometimes they're discussing, like, word processing, and just, like, whatever you need it to be. Media immersion just fills that niche. Um, so, their fragrance knock-up is called Duet, and their tagline, Share your scent. Sing a duet. It's good. It is good, but I have a... So... Okay, I have an issue because Marco's plan is to do a big Bollywood musical kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun and fabulous. Fun and fabulous. Mm-hmm. We see the set for this Bollywood musical, though, and it's like six pieces of uh, like loose fabric like attached to a chain link fence. Listen, they, they don't have the budget. I know, but just like maybe scale down your vision. I just want to, I, I think that, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think the vision that we get at the end is a much stronger vision for a perfume ad. Mm, I disagree. Even though it's homophobic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that's a stronger vision for a perfume ad than a Bollywood commercial. And it's not even a duet, because he says, where's Heather and all the dancing girls? So it's You're not getting even way a... ahead. You I have issues. So I have issues. Just let us get through this episode. Okay, so progress Ellie, is not linear, and neither. Oh my God, <laughs> neither is this my podcast. Thinking. But but this podcast is <laughs> so. Okay, so Ellie is directing their little commercial, <laughs> and it's obvious that they work really well together as a team, unlike us. <laughs> but everyone still thinks that they're a power couple, and Marco and Ellie are still doing their best to keep up those appearances, even though, as we all know, Marco, um, you know. You know. Yeah, you know. Uh, for those at home, I don't know if it picked up on the mic, but Evan sort of swished his wrist a little bit. Limp. Yeah. Limp little faggy wrist. Limped um, it up. So, meanwhile, the Spirit Squad is working on their choreography for the basketball tournament when <laughs> Spinner walks in with the announcement that Bardell will be participating in the tourney. That is to say, Dean's Bardell. Um, who, Dean! It, who, yeah, Dean, our uh, resident rapist at I this time. I hate Dean. Oh, I hate Dean. Hey, Paige hates Dean, too. She should. I and, hate Dean. And this Ooh. sets her on edge. So Paige goes to Sauve, asking what it would mean to press charges against Dean. And Sauve is uh, very frank with her and says that there's not much evidence and that it'd be a tough case to prosecute. But if this is what Paige wants, he will help her make the best case she can. And this is why I love Miss Sauve. She's practical, but she's very interested in the emotional well-being of the students. Mm-hmm. Love Miss Sauve. Right. Well, and also, she's like... She's the glue holding this school together. Right. And I think, like, a lot of times, because, like, you know, cases like this are very tough to prosecute, but, like... Yeah, very few end in a conviction, and, you know... Yeah, exactly. But, like, I don't know. I think a big part of it is sort of um, giving Paige or giving victims sort of a chance to, like reclaim their narrative right yeah i feel like that's a part of the process and that's like maybe why it's why people want to pursue this but um Paige does not want to pursue this in this moment she does not she she's inquisitive about it so it's like it's it's crossed her mind yeah now that she is confronted with the reality of <laughs> the reality of it coming back into her life yeah but now that she's you know seeing like 
the uphill battle that she's facing, she's clearly discouraged and she's like, forget it. I'm not doing this. Um, so meanwhile, back in our subplot, Ellie is working on her and Marco's ad campaign when Marco comes and gives Ellie his mom's homemade eggplant parmesan. <laughs> um, I will say fucking vegetarians love eggplant parmesan. <laughs> they their do. Favorite, favorite fucking shit to eat. Uh, <laughs> and Ashley's like, Wow, you two are meant for each other, but Ellie gives some serious side-eye as the Degrassi incidental music plays, so you just know that this is really weighing on her. She's not happy. Um, but, you know, being a, being a beard, it's, a, it's asking a lot of someone. It, yeah, I mean, it's a full-time job and then some. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have to say, um, Ashley looks so sick in this, like, trench she looks like an anime trench. character she looks so cool she looks amazing she it's looks like shoe. she's in death note <laughs> yeah she does <laughs> and the hair oh my god it's, just, it's all working yeah she looks great this episode honestly i want someone to do this homage on drag race do this illusion you, sh- you should do this for halloween <laughs> you can be goth emma or emma goth ashley, ashley get your social justice warriors straight Come on. <laughs> uh it's okay so jt Ooh, what if nadia was a goth though Honestly, what if Nadia just was sitting there with uh, Ellie and Ashley, just gothing it up? That we couldn't. Would, we couldn't handle it. We couldn't handle so her. Cool. That'd be so cool. She had a choker on. Oh my god! And then she has it's it's like a goth wolf on her shirt. Yeah, you know no, those she, funny those no yeah the, 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 yeah, the, yeah 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 the, the the oversized t-shirts that have like a wolf howling at the moon. Yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. she would look so sick mm-hmm. with like a fierce uh cat eye yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or a wolf eye <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> which is very different from a cat eye. all right we're gonna stop uh <laughs> fantasizing about uh or you know fanon about nadia um so, okay so jt he's still being a goofball and he's trying to cheer up Paige. yeah but she's Paige, not into it anymore she, no she's she's not in the mood and uh she tells him that she won't be cheering tomorrow but jt as a school mascot is like well why you have to give me a reason and she tells him that there's a guy she doesn't want to see, but she she does not give him the details, importantly. Mm-hmm. And so he just gives her a little well-meaning pep talk, and I guess this gives her what she needs to, you know, get on with her life for the time being. So Well, she's she's definitely trying to compartmentalize, and compartmentalizing can be useful, but it's bordering on repression, just because, like, this clearly is something that you need to think about. You know, you can't just sweep this under the rug. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, it's a real thing. He's mm-hmm. gonna be here in a couple days. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta do... I, I will also say, I, I wish you could have just stayed home, you know? I would have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think I, I've never been assaulted in that way. But, you know, I, I have had, you know, abusive relationships before. And I just, I imagine, like, oh, if I knew that that person was gonna be there, I probably wouldn't go. But, you know, that's just because I know i would get triggered mm-hmm. and i think maybe this is her first experience with being triggered like it, it seems like the second she sees him it's just like boom and right that i don't know i think dean is really scary to me like he's a really well written frightening character and you know props to this actor i'm sure he's a wonderful boy in real life but he plays such an uh, yeah he's gonna be malicious believable, yes yeah. he's so sinister and and everything he does and it's just he does it all with that grin, and I've seen I've met a fucking thousand guys like this motherfucker, and I, I'm I'm actually kind of glad they're portraying this kind of person on on a show like this because I think this is a a type of person that kids should learn to look out for this sort of like 
smiley, happy, hey, I'm your buddy. Yeah, real like, slick dick behavior. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, it's hard, because it's like, obviously, well, I find it's it's kind of funny, because it's like, it's like, oh, you have to be here, the cheer team needs you, and it's like, I don't know, I think it's okay if she stays home. I think it would home. be fine. I think it's fine. They're still doing your choreo, you know, you'll be there next week. There's gonna be lots of tourneys, basketball tourneys. The one thing I will touch on, and obviously we're bouncing between things that are light and things that are serious here, but I... Uh, it's funny to me that the sort of implication is like, if we don't cheer hard enough, we're not going to win, <laughs> you know? It's like, no, you're just kind of there to like entertain, like in, in between. Like, yeah, I mean, the whole um, institution of cheerleading is like, you know, it's, it's fraught. Uh, yeah. So on its own. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like having this kind of traumatic uh, encounter is reason enough to not show up. Yeah. But oh well. Um, <laughs> also, you still got you still got JT in the mascot costume. Yeah, he, he could, he, he could probably do the whole thing himself. Mm-hmm. He's he's a ball of energy. Exactly. So Ellie and Marco are filming their ad, but Heather Sinclair, she's back, but except she's not because she's not here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, not... I mean, it's a running gag. We never see uh, her. Yeah, exactly. This is your first episode yeah, exactly. of Hollywood Degrassi. We never see Heather Sinclair. That is the bit: is that Heather Sinclair is always named, never seen. Um, so she's not there to film, which complicates things. So Ellie stands in for her, and after a flawless take, Ellie shoots her shot, and she kisses Marco, and he's like, ew, cooties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the look on his face is just like he saw a ghost. He's so terrified. <laughs> it just is like, it's just like nothing. No sparks. Um, and this obviously is not really what Ellie wanted out of this moment. I know that they didn't have a budget, but this is not giving me Bollywood. It's just giving me... Oh, yeah. Please say your piece. I don't know. Marco just looks like a mountain man, but he has, like, a pink boa, and he's literally... It's not even choreo. He's just flitting it around, and... Well, it was hard, because Heather Sinclair wasn't there to shoot. I know, but here's the thing. I... Here's what I want. (laughs) I want Marco to be out and proud, and, and safe being out and proud. He has chosen to live a life of closetedness and to put on a fake machismo for the world why why is he running around and flitting this pink boa around oh, so now you're victim blaming i'm not victim blaming i'm asking you're like, in the well, reality what? of the show you're like, well if you're gonna be in, in the, the closet reality, you better act the part honestly if you're in the closet motherfucker you're hurting all of us so yeah i'm sorry if oh, i've got some fucking god. tough words for you Marco. oh my god oh okay um, so this is your official position. Nick hates people who are in the closet. They're obviously, bringing us all down. He's like, get out of the closet, you fucking coward. Obviously, I'm being facetious. There's many reasons for people to be in the closet that I fully respect. If you're in the closet, get the fuck out of there. But I am just like, you're in the closet. Why are you doing this pink bow? It's, it's, it's He's hard being, for It's fun and fabulous. It's That's not. The vibe. It's not fabulous. It's cheap. All right. It just looks, it looks so cheap and bad. I don't mm. like this commercial. Listen, they're high schoolers. They have a budget of like $2. I know. It's bad. <laughs> okay. So I it, don't like it. What was with Marco's vest? What was it? I don't know, just outfits. I watched these episodes like a long time ago. Oh, okay. Well, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and it was weird. <laughs> and that's what I have you to say. You just watched it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, okay. uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit, <laughs> Evan showed up to record, and I was just finishing the episode. <laughs> so uh, we watched the last five minutes of it together. Mm-hmm. 
It was lovely. It was fun. Yeah, we held hands. <laughs> uh, so it's the day of the basketball tourney, and Paige plans to stay away from Dean. But that becomes much more difficult when Dean just approaches her and proceeds to antagonize her. It's very upsetting. Yeah, and this is what is so scary about him, is he... He does not feel threatened at all to kind of, like, be seen needling at her because right. he knows that people are just going to think that she's a slut and that, you know, even if they do know that something happened between them, they'll just assume that Paige wanted it. And, like, that's something that Hazel is kind of talking to Spinner about later. It's just, like, everyone is... Ugh. And he's just... He knows it. He knows he has all the power. It's so upsetting. Right, right. Yeah, he knows that, you know, people will automatically see his side. Yes. Or privileging hers. Um, so... Oh, it's very upsetting. And I, I was, like, I was tense watching it. Like, I, I thought they did a really good job of creating this... Uh, positioning this character as, like, a threat. Like, this character is a threat to Paige's well-being in, in physical and emotional terms, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's well-portrayed, you know? I thought... I don't know, something clicked in the last couple of episodes. I just feel like the directing's a little better. The characters have kind of, like, settled in. Like, I, I thought these were both really good episodes. Yeah, well, it also, like, kind of shows that, like, he's still is kind of unaware of the gravity of what he's done to her. I think, know? I think there's an element of that. But I think even if he... It's like, it's not like if he knew that it upset her, he would care, though, right? You know, like, he's seems like a pretty gross guy. Yeah, well, obviously. But, like, I don't know. It's like, you know, again, there's, like, the sense that, like, he's, like, he doesn't see it as rape, right? Like, I don't think most rapists... You think he's still at that point? Yeah, yeah, I think most rapists don't conceptualize themselves as rapists. They see any, like, you know, any, um, you know, sexual act, whether, you know, it was uh, assault or not. Like, they see it as all, you know, someone wanting it, right? Yeah. So I think there's something to that. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he still is at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like an active denial. It's like if I just act like this is all normal, like everyone else will have to act like it is. Yeah. And know? unfortunately, society is usually pretty eager to be like, yeah, that's fine. Yep. So, oh, yeah. This was really effective. Mm hmm. So back in the B plot, Ellie has decided to take hers and Marco's ad in a different direction and has opted for a much more minimalistic aesthetic um it looks like a perfume ad which is the assignment which is why this is a better concept (laughs) um it looks like it looks sad also what do you think a perfume ad is it's all like mood and like uh, an ambiance like what perfume ad have you ever watched that had dancers (laughs) um, even the one with britney spears is just her like walking in a forest (laughs) but this one's called duet We'll change the name. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, call uh, it solo. I don't oh, care. <laughs> I so Marco is at first apprehensive, but he trusts her vision. Um, but he's quick to be like, uh, no, actually, this isn't working. Um, because we so we cut to the ad, and it's him like on a ladder in like a. Is he wearing a beret or is that just in my head? I think. I think. He Ener- seems like he should have Energy-wise, he is wearing he, a beret. And, uh, yes, There's exactly. no physical beret on his head, but it really seems like he's wearing a beret. Yeah, and he's wearing, like, a turtleneck, and it's, like, very, like, moody and, like... He's like, wearing, like, like, a, like Dwayne, a Dwayne Johnson, like, black yeah, turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, what a high schooler thinks French films are, mm-hmm. you know, but not really. Uh, and he's not really into this new direction anymore. Uh, particularly the fact that they're advertising a fragrance called Duet, and he's the only one in the ad. So... Make that make sense. 
Uh, let's change the name. To... It's such a good tagline, though. Okay. Share your scent. Sing a duet, because it's gender neutral. It's that's what it. That's the whole. That's stupid. I hate this. Assignment. Oh my god. Uh, but it's okay. So the tension is quickly becoming less about the ad and more about their relationship when Ellie is like, "We're not gonna do your flaming concept, you <laughs> flaming faggot." <laughs> she doesn't say that. She does say flaming. She does say flaming. Um, and Marco's like. So you're mad I can't be what you want. And Ellie's like, can't or won't. Yeah, this is a low moment for Ellie. I'll say that. Well, it's kind of a weird about face. Because, like, in the last episode, the focus on these two, she was the one who was, like, trying to get him to join an LGBT club. And now she's like, you won't be straight for me? I think maybe this beat is, like, out of order. But I do like the beat for their relationship. You know, it's an interesting moment of sort of... I guess it's, like... Ellie kind of getting over her denial in a way because she still thinks that this might end up with them right. in a loving, like, romantic well, because relationship. He, yeah, well, because he did say he in the last episode he had just been con- he was confused at that point. And That's he true. still didn't have, like, he didn't come to a d- decisive label yet. Yes. Um. So she feels like, again, he's, like, leading her on. It's like, you know, will they or won't they? You know? Um. So back in the main plot, um, Paige's behavior causes Spinner to suspect that she's still hung up on Dean, even though she's, in fact, avoiding him (laughs) at all costs. Yes. And so Spinner is, like, in his fifis over this. And Hazel tries to explain to him that, no, actually, Paige was raped by Dean. And Spinner's like... Well, she doesn't come out and say that specifically. She says... Just to clarify, because I I don't want people to think that Spinner knows that there was an assault. She says... Okay, she says something to the effect of... What if it wasn't like that? Like, what if she said no? So I think in that moment, Spinner thinks, oh, what if she said no? So like she just left and they didn't like kiss or anything at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's what he thinks that Hazel is saying, Mm -hmm. because that explains his reaction because he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, he's like, nice try, Hazel. You can't fool me because I do. I will give I have a lot of things to say about Spinner, but I will give him enough credit to say that if he thought that something and we find out this in a future episode if he thought something bad happened to Paige, he would like take it seriously you know so i i just wanted to clarify that moment yeah i mean i still think he's blinded by his own like wounded like you know feeling that's true and Uh, he's also blinded by this like patriarchy that we all live in where we just assume that like a woman could never be a victim like that right um so uh Paige is upset that Hazel told Spinner about it, uh, or, or, you know, indirectly. Yes. Anyway. Um, and so she decides that she's going to go home, but that's when she sees Dean flirting with Manny. <gasps> I gasped. I was so <laughs> scared. Like, my whole body tensed up. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Yeah. I was so scared. Well, Paige had the similar reaction. Yes. And so she approaches Manny, and she tries to warn her about Dean, but Manny just chalks it up to Paige being jealous this whole like sequence of events was like a nightmare it just like kept getting worse and worse well, like really, i was oh i was so scared well it's really heartbreaking because it's like you know this sort of like rivalry that's stoked between women yeah. um, by a misogynistic society it's just like very upsetting because it's like you know Paige is trying to have like connect with manny and try to like to warn her right yeah but manny sees this as like a threat you know, or Paige feeling threatened. Especially because Paige has a line where she's like, hey, somebody tried to warn me. And it, and you remember that scene where it's yeah, like... Yeah, and, and Paige, exactly, it's a direct Paige parallel. Paige exacted the exact same way. Where she was like, you're just jealous. Yeah. And so, ugh. 
terrible. The parallels are terrible. Um, So JT finds Paige upset outside, and she finally tells him the truth about what happened between her and Dean. So JT, in a fury, tries to fight Dean, but um, this poor little mascot is just obviously no match for this giant hulking basketball player. He doesn't read as basketball player to me. He reads more like football player, don't you think? Um, maybe he's one of those boys who plays multiple sports. I yeah, probably. I also don't think they have a football team. Not until, not yet. Until, like, season nine, when the, yeah. the football team's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, they're like, that's all we care about anymore. Basketball? <laughs> What's, What's that? basketball? We don't even have uh, that. <laughs> um, so, the faculty quickly step in to stop this fight between JT and Dean um, before it goes too far. And so afterwards, Spinner tells Paige that he knows what happened between her and Dean because he just... Has it was kind of weird. I felt like there was a missing plot point here because, like, he just sees it. He sees the fight between JT, and he's like, "Oh, I guess pa- Hazel was right about what happened with Dean." Oh well, then maybe I was wrong about Spinner's interpretation. I don't know that. I think either way, it doesn't make sense. Well, so he he sees. Okay, it's very the logic of where how we get to this point is kind of it's it's uh strained. Because he see, Spinner sees JT fighting Dean, and he's like, "Well, something must be up." Then. Yeah. And he was like, and then he's like, "Well, is what Hazel told me true? Did things like did something happen between you and Dean?" And so Paige says, "Yeah, that's yeah, something happened." Um, and so Spinner decides to defend Paige's honor at this point, and he gets into a fight with yes. Dean. Uh, but then Paige involves herself, and she tells Dean. She's coming after him with the full force of the Canadian justice system behind her. Yes. My words, not hers. Um, yeah, but that was the energy. That's the energy yeah. she's giving. And she's going to end him. Yes. And it's, it's a nice moment of Paige sort of like reclaiming her power in the situation. Yeah. Um, and we know, I, I like that it's presented to us, the audience, as how it would be in the real world. Like this is an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance this isn't going to work, but in the moment it is a very emotionally satisfying beat for Paige because this is her accepting it. You know? Yeah. This is her reaching another one of those milestones where she has progressed. It had to become real for her. Now she had to find out what she wanted to do in reaction to it being real. And what she wants to do is fight. And we love that because we love Paige. Mm hmm. We love Paige. We, we love, love you, Paige. Paige. So the episode concludes with Marco and Ellie having a heart-to-heart about the state of their relationship. And Marco comes clean, and he admits to Ellie that he's not confused anymore, and he's gay, and that he and Ellie will only ever just be friends. Yeah. Aww. Aww. It's all right. I, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Um... But uh, this stars one of our, you know, Degrassi's, you know, most iconic friendships. I do love Marco and Ellie as friends. They mm-hmm. are wonderful. I just, I love Ellie so much. Yeah. She makes Marco better. I feel like Marco's less interesting when uh, Ellie's not around. And then when Ellie goes off without Marco, she doesn't really have anything to do. They're such a good duo. Yeah. A power platonic couple. For yeah. Sure. Well, great. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the episode, I guess. Like, oh, Well, we're wrapping things up with Paige. Oh, we got to talk about that. And Miss Sauve, there's a scene between your two girls. I know, I know. So Paige has another session with Miss Sauve, and she tells her that she talked about it with her mom, and she's ready to press charges against Dean. 
and scare him so bad he never thinks about doing this to another girl again. Yes. Which I love. I mean, I do love the. That, those are her words, not mine. Those are her words. Yeah. And um. But honestly, I do think it's sort of it. It puts it on the public record, and I do think that it shows the manies of the world that, like, no, I'm not just being petty. This is something that really happened. Mm-hmm. Like. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it, well, it certainly taints his public image. Yeah, and as it should, you know. Yeah, exactly. Fuck this kid. Um, yeah, so the yeah, exactly. The manies of the world will, you know, will I, know yeah. will know that uh, you know he's not to be. So it's like I guess with. I guess we already sort of have that victory. So that's that's kind of a good thing, and, and this last scene kind of like drives that home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Spinner has a sweet little moment with Paige. Oh, you thought it was sweet? I thought it was a hashtag not all men moment. Oh, well, it was that too. But it was sweet. Uh, He's like, you know, not all us guys are are, are rapists. And she's like, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, uh, But then Paige asks Spinner to be her date to the year-end dance. And so begins one of Degrassi's biggest power couples, I would say. (sighs) <sighs> not my favorite page not my favorite pairing i like i mean spage is one of those it's they're kind of the archetypal like high school sweethearts that like they're not meant to be but like they're gonna have a good time you know yeah well they can have it i, I i'm not really invested in this couple i'll, I'll just say that <laughs> i love this episode i love the episode yes I love this episode, and, you know, obviously a lot of heavy topics in this, but mm-hmm. um, I thought that, th- I don't know, like, it, I think the times when it's felt exploitative in the past, when they do these very special episodes, it's usually just because the characterization's not all the way there, the writing's not all the way there, the directing is off. Well, or if it's just, like, it's so, it's so wrapped up so tidily, and this is one that's, like, you know, first of all, this is continuing off from a previous episode yeah. earlier, and it's going to have reverberations going into season four. So, yeah, this episode's good. This episode's good. I, I think it's time to get up and share with the class what Ooh. we what we learned this week. Uh, everybody get your notes. Uh, everybody. Mm. Uh, Evan has the floor. Evan, what did you what did you learn this week? I learned that. Hmm. What did I learn? I don't know. Talking about these episodes is hard. Yeah. You want me to go? <laughs> yeah, you go. I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I learned that if you're high, you kind of have like weird hot takes that you're not even sure if you agree with when the episode is over. Um, oh, I learned that you uh, think that people should not be in the closet. <laughs> I did not say that. You see, I learned that Nick thinks people should vacate the closet. I, well, at you know, convenient. I do think I do think that if you are in a safe place, you absolutely should be out. That is, I'll say that. But oh, I'm, now I'm stressed. <laughs> I learned that I'm stressed. That is that. To to be clear, that is not Nick's position. <laughs> he has only the best, most fine takes. Well, I guess we didn't learn anything this week. Uh, my dog has woken up from his nap, so I think we'll just have to wrap it up without learning anything. But hey, uh, next week we're going to have our season two finale. <gasps> and we may or may not have a special guest. <gasps> and I know normally when people say may or may not, they're trying to be coy. I, we, we might not. <laughs> we, we might actually not. <laughs> I just messaged her today. We'll see if she gets back to us. Uh, but... If we get her, she's a very special guest. And if it's not her, I don't know, it might be someone else. I think we'll probably have a guest for every season finale. There will right? be a special guest at some point. There'll be someone. 
We promise. At some point. Okay, turtle sneezing. I have to go. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank um, you for listening to us. We'll see you next time on All About Degrassi. We love you, eh?